Hello there, my friends. Welcome to Story You Talk Radio. I'm delighted to spend this hour with you. And I want to thank you for reserving this last hour together live in 2021. It just feels to me like 2021 went racing on by, unlike the previous year. But wow, here we are. Just one more day of the year left. So what do you say we get into talking about four ways to embrace the new year? I really want to focus on our learning styles today. I'm only going to talk about four. Well, I might get into a few more than four, but I I know we have time for at least four of them. And I've decided to talk about learning styles because I help people write their books, their blogs, their brands, their TED Talks, their speeches. And what I find is when people come to me, they come to me with a history And they want to tell me a little about it right away. And they'll say things like, you know, I used to write, but I couldn't get organized or I couldn't get sit still or I used to write, but I couldn't this or I've always wanted to write, but I don't know how to do that. So there's there's a story that comes with them. And just between you and I, the story always goes back to their learning style. Usually, they don't even know it. But my suspicion is that most adults that are, oh, let me say about 45 and older, most adults about 45 and older did not have to take any learning style uh, achievement Oh, geez, I'm forgetting what it's called. Uh, I just forgot what it's called. And and so many people ages now, 45 and older, don't know where they fit in to their aptitude. That's what I was trying to think of. They didn't have to take a learning style aptitude test. I know the only reason I had to take one is because as a, a young kid, I was put into special education because I have very low vision. And that's what you did in the late 60s with a a kid that had any kind of disability. You just sent them straight on over to special ed and said, here, help her out. So I had all kinds of cool testing done for me. And one of the things I, I realized was that the other kids weren't getting it. They weren't being put into these extra courses that really helped you develop based on your learning style. See, that was a benefit of being in special ed, (laughs) riding the little yellow bus to school when I was a tiny little kid. And for me, one of the things that it, it helped me do was it helped me sort of understand the different ways that my friends learned. And I I don't know if it was a direct correlation, but I can tell you that I have always accepted the way I learn 
for example, I, I know I'm a slow learner. I mean, a slow reader. <laughs> I'm sounding like a very slow learner here. I know I'm a very slow reader, but I accept that. That's just sort of how things are for me. I know I don't like routines. I like creativity and spontaneity. And I accept that. That's who I am. But see, what a lot of us don't know, and it, it makes it hard when it's time to do anything new, like start a new year, start a new book, write a new brand, start a new project. It's hard to take that on if we don't have some sort of working relationship with our own learning style. And like I said, if you were educated in the 60s, 70s, or earlier times, uh, you probably did not have aptitude tests around your learning style. Even in the 70s, uh, that wasn't going on so much. Unless, of course, you were flagged as having a physical special need. And then they would, they would tag you for Let's look into how she's learning and et cetera, et cetera. But I have come across so many people that as adults had no idea they're dyslexic. But I noticed it right away because they were in my class and they were showing it. They're dyslexic. And so at 25, I'm telling them, you know, you have some issues around dyslexia. Let's work with that. And they're saying, I didn't know that. Or I can tell that they are definitely ADHD simply by how they look around the classroom or how they maneuver their pens and, and they use them a lot less for writing and more as a distraction in class. Um there's a lot of things I've noticed about my students, and I've even suggested, based on their learning style, certain majors that they might consider. It is always, uh, it's always a surprise to me when someone will look back with big eyes and just say, I didn't know that about myself. But what I'm also finding is that it's just really normal. For many, many years, none of us were tested, like I said, unless you were in a special circumstance. So this, this show might be a little bit enlightening for you. It might help you understand learning styles that you have had your whole life or that you have had questions about, might help you understand your kids better might help you just understand some of your relationships a little bit better. We're going to dive into at least four different learning styles. And my hope is that this is just going to help you embrace that we have a new year coming up. And if you know a little bit more about yourself, then you have a little bit more information to work with. And your year might go just a little bit better then you even knew it could. So what do you say? If you have a question, give me a call. I'm at 1-888-298-5569. 
and Eric Ryder down there at KKNW will connect us so we can have a phone call right here on the air and talk about what's on your mind. If you'd prefer to write to me, you can always use my Gmail account, and that is askcoachdebbie, askcoachdebbie at gmail.com. And Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y. Debbie at gmail.com. And just send in a question. Maybe tell me a little something that's boggled your mind. And I just might be able to get to the root to it right, right here, right now, today. And if not, I would invite you to connect with me after the show so that we can schedule a call and just see how I might be able to help you out. All righty. So four ways, four ways that you might have a particular learning style. One thing I want to tell you right away is that I find, and and if you're new to my show, maybe I should tell you this. I was a college instructor for 20 years at community colleges in Seattle. I taught mostly literature, fiction, or essay writing courses. And I was really, really obsessed with the fact that stories and characters that we study are always mimicking the stories and the so-called characters that we relate to in our own lives. There's always this correlation going on. And if we stop and give attention to it, we can understand so much about the dramas we live with, about the scenes we endure, about the dreams we want to carry out. There is so much that we can grasp from storytelling and just bring it into our own lives and our own learning. At the same time, if you don't know anything about how you learn, which just means how your brain works, your unique brain, sometimes then learning is going to be a real challenge for you. There was a time when uh when I was in grade school and books came in a certain font size, and this is for public education, most uh, first, second, and third grade books are in 14 to 16 font. The fonts for younger children are small. Once you start working into fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, 12-point font is standard, but some books are still in 14, some even larger, especially books that are like parables parables, or fables, uh, where there's very little writing on each page and more images. Those, those texts have bigger fonts, but then When you cross over into junior high school and you're taking your literature classes or you're taking your science and health and math classes, it's very common for those books to use 8 
to 12 point fonts. And that all depends on if it's a section where there's examples or standard writing or paragraph writing. And I, being a visually impaired kid, I really needed that 16 and 14 point font. So what I didn't know when I got into junior high was that the font was now smaller and it was going to stay that way. And my reading speed had always been slow compared to the other readers, but now it was really slow. And I had to accept this was normal for me. This was normal for me. I didn't like the idea that I was going to have to accept this new level. I was always able when we had the bigger fonts to accept that I I liked them big. Everyone had bigger fonts because we were little kids. That's what happened in those grades. But now in junior high school, there wasn't an immediate accommodation for me. And I had to accept I'm going to have to go really slow. I'm going to need a lot of time to to keep up in school. Fortunately, I did find some accommodation. I didn't, but uh, teachers found accommodations for me, and that helped. But still, even when they brought me the large print books in in 14-point font, I was still reading slower than the other junior high school kids. Fortunately for me, I had had a lot of extra help, extra special education for my eyes. And so accepting my uniqueness was not uncommon. But what I also noticed in my junior high classes was that other kids had their own struggles and they weren't accepting it. They were fighting against it. They were angry. So, for example, one gal that I was really good friends with, Sherry, she had a really hard time if the assignments weren't always structured in the same way. If, for example, one week we were doing a group presentation and then the next week we were all working on our own on something, she just really struggled. She couldn't adapt to that at all. She always wanted to work in groups and be social and and be involved in teams. She never wanted to be off on her own, expecting to put ideas together. And she'd just be downright angry about it. And it was many years later that I looked back on that and thought, oh, Sherry had a particular learning style. And she probably didn't know it. And probably no one tested her for it, because like I said, in the 70s, that just wasn't the going thing. And yeah, I think I I think I started junior high school like 1978 or nine. And so there we were. There we were with all our uniqueness and we were comparing ourselves to each other. What we didn't know is that it's very common to be a visual learner. More than 60% of learners lead 
with visual learning. Now, that often means that you, if you are a visual learner, you do very well with graphs or with maps or with images that happen in pictures more than uh, the written word. A visual learner is going to be someone that likes to highlight their notes. They don't like to have pages and pages of notes in front of them. They, they prefer to have ways to call out what's important. So they might use a highlighter pen or they might even organize their notes in like a, a chart system or they might relate well to tables or they might even make up their own illustrations to help them. Um, they might doodle or write notes in the margins. I was always someone doodling and, and putting little notes to myself in the margins to help me remember. Those are the common things that a visual learner will do. Now, as a visual learner... Um, more advanced than other learning styles? No, it's it's just a way of learning. And it is the most common way that most of us lead with. I would say that even though I am legally impaired, legally blind and visually impaired, I do tend to be someone who strongly leans into visual learning. But I think the next way, the auditory learning is my strongest set. So before we go to commercial, one thing I want to point out is that there isn't just one learning style that you will adapt to, but there is usually one that you will lead with. And then you will fall into the others as you need them or as they are comfortable to you. To know your learning style, I think, just helps you embrace new things, like new things you're going to study or even the new year. And that's what we're facing. So does this intrigue you? If it does, I want to encourage you to write to me and ask any questions on your mind. Ask Coach Debbie at gmail.com. Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y. Debbie at gmail.com. And we're going to take a quick little break right here, but we'll come right back to talk about learning styles. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Nathan Mum, host of Tech Time Radio with Nathan Mum on KKNW. Tech Time Radio's live show is Saturday from 4 to 6 p.m. And you can always check us on the web at techtimeradio.com. Our segmented stylized radio gives you the breaking news before it hits mainstream media. Join myself and Mike Rodeo as we'll make you laugh. That's good. Hooked so, on Phonics worked for you, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. And learning something new in technology, join us Saturdays 4 to 6 p.m. and Thursdays from 6 to 7 a.m. The technology show for the everyday common person. Seattle, Tacoma, Antwerp? That's right. We're streamed worldwide on our app and on the web at 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. 
Thanks so much for joining me today. This is the last live show of 2021. And as I go into 2022, I am really excited about offerings for anyone who is writing. I have a a membership, an author's membership for the person who is writing something that is either really close to your heart, like a memoir or a full book of fiction or nonfiction, or perhaps it is something you are writing for your brand, like a TED Talk. Maybe you're putting together 30 podcasts that you want to publish in the first half of this year. But for someone who is doing a substantial writing project, I have on offer what is called my author's membership. And this includes one-on-one coaching with me. It includes a group community coaching call that happens every month. It includes plenty of handouts as well as a very professional teaching portal where we can meet and have discussions between our meetings. It's my high-end offer, and I do have a couple of spaces left as we go into January. You do need to qualify for it, which means that we get on Zoom together and we review the project you have in mind. Uh, We spend about 30 minutes to an hour together doing this, and I figure out if this is the best offer for you. If it's not, I might offer you something else to get you ready, but there is no cost for that, that initial call. And if you're interested, I want to invite you to just head over to CoachDebbie.com coachdebbie.com spelled D-E-B-B-Y and just click on connect. And when you click on connect, you'll just see a very short form that asks for your name and your email and then a little box where you can type in what's the project you're thinking about and when would you like to meet and talk about it? Because if I can serve you, I would love to do so. I would love to help you get whatever that project is out into the world in the next six months, or if it's a much longer project, maybe over the course of the next year. I also have what is called VIPs. This is really cool. This is just either one day where we carve out time to either meet at the radio station or your home, or uh, sometimes I'll schedule uh, a luxury hotel for us to meet at. And we spend a a full day, a good five, six hours, really mapping out something that is essential to you. It's essential to you to get started working on some project around your brand, your blogging, your podcasting, your book writing, or maybe it's even something where you are a teacher and you are a coach and you're coming up with curriculum. I did this not too long ago for Sean 
and he offered a curriculum to athletes and he had great success. We put in about a five hour day. I also offered this to Melanie where she had curriculum for new real estate agents and home buying and setting up her idea of how to do a great open house. And she came back saying it was just wonderful success for her. Doesn't matter what the topic is. We can take a full day and do this. It's called a VIP day. I also do this for people who are writing a book who might want a VIP package. And that would mean you want more like one week or even a full month of meetings. And some of them can be done over Zoom. And we just give this intensive energy to your project so you can just take off and offer it out to your people. If any of that sounds interesting to you, head over to CoachDebbie.com. That's spelled D-E-B-B-Y, CoachDebbie.com. Those are on offer right now. And right now, you can get the 2021 pricing because we are going up in 2022. All righty. Let's talk a little bit more about the four ways to embrace your new year, especially looking at learning styles. Because it's very possible that nobody told you that you have your own unique learning style. There's some sort of style you lead with. And to have a relationship with your learning style is to really accept and work with the brain you've got. Yeah, we're not all built the same, not at all. You have your way, just like you have your best way of living or your best way of working, you have your best ways of learning. Four of the most common ways that you might have heard about elsewhere that many of us learn is by way of visual literacy. And we were just talking about that before the break. This is the person that's real comfortable, for example, with a computer and takes notes on computer. It's the person who, who is comfortable reading things back out loud so that they, they um, sort of digest through their using their eyes to read and adding on their hearing. And they, they start to have kind of a full body experience of learning. A visual learner is going to doodle in the margins and is going to use maybe highlighter pens. They might be someone who likes flashcards. Uh, they might do real well with creating charts, maps, graphs, pictures. They might really welcome the idea of having timelines. They might even learn well from games. A visual learner likes to see everything in front of them almost as if it's a movie being played out. And to, 
to the credit of the visual learner, this is more than half of how at least people in the U.S. ages 18 and under do learn. This has been documented for over the last 20 years as the leading way that most people learn. But coming up uh, next would be kinesthetic learning or learning through movement, kinesthetic learning. Now, this one goes under the radar all the time. Even some of your best teachers don't notice the student who is a kinesthetic learner, a learner that really likes to do things with their hands and their body. They really have uh, a connection to movement. And so they might have a hard time sitting still in class or paying attention to what's on the chalkboard because like their friend sitting next to them, who's a visual learner, they don't want to just look at the diagrams on the board. They want to go up there and make things and touch things and handle things. That's how they learn. They like to create. They might be more athletic. They might be more inclined to make a video for themselves and then study it later because that helps them learn. They might be the person that walks back and forth when they have study notes because they, they're more comfortable walking and pacing than they are trying to sit still and take in information. They might also be the person who I said in the beginning who uh, reads out loud. This is very common in several learning styles. Reading out loud helps people remember what they are learning. They might be someone who builds things to help them remember. They might also be one that, that studies material again and again and prefers to have like dry erase boards or chalkboards. So if they come up with a new way to study, they can take away the old one and start with the new one right away. And they might even they might even play sort of charade type games to um, in groups to help them remember what it is that they're learning. This is very, very common for the kinesthetic learner, the one that likes movement. So who, who are you? Are you in the visual camp? Are you someone that doodles, likes maps, likes to watch all of the instruction going on? Do you like to uh, take notes with your computer and review them? Are you even maybe someone who feels comfortable creating charts for yourself? Or are you someone that's more inclined to move around, to learn by way of games or teams or groups or athletic things or musical things? Those are two very common ways of learning. Another group, but I'm not going to go into 
would very much is the really logical group. Now, while this group might be able to sit still or might be very movement oriented, they definitely understand systems and they definitely understand solid reasoning. So they're going to do really well at, um, at science and math, but they're also going to do well even in things like um, the humanities, even in sociological situations or psychological situations where they're studying the systems at work. So I'm just going to glaze over that one logical learning style. And the reason I'm not going to go into that too much is because it overlaps with almost all of the four that I'm talking about. You either are or you're not. You either have a bent to lean into the left side of your brain of what seems logical, what seems rational, what systematically works, what historically makes sense to you, or you tend to be more of an intuitive learner. Uh, That's on the other end of the spectrum. Again, I'm not going to go into this in real depth, but that is the person that just sort of feels into their senses. The intuitive learner sort of likes to be more spontaneous. They, They lead by mood. Their emotions play a part in it. If it feels good, they go with it. If it doesn't feel good, they shut it down. But if they honor this, if they honor that this is really how they gather information, it does work well for them. In fact, some of the richest people in the world are highly intuitive, far more than they are logical. Because when it feels right, they jump. And they win. And when it doesn't feel good, they back out and they stay safe. So there's real um, irony in the logical versus the intuitive learner. Now, again, why is this important? Because when you can really accept that your brain works a certain way, you stop this silly fight that you should be doing it the way you see it done. For example, we have Facebook constantly telling us what should be done. I don't think that's the intent of Facebook. I just think it's a mistake that we often make. If we see something commonly happening on Facebook and it's not how we do things, we either feel inferior or we feel like our way isn't such a good way. Actually, all that's going on is you're letting what you see happen be normal as opposed to who you are and how you relate to your own brain be the norm. Why not do that? More than half of the people in the U.S., are visual learners. Well, what if you are a kinesthetic learner? What if you are someone who prefers 
to work in teams and and move and really use your hands and what if that's for you why not embrace that by allowing that to inform you you will excel anytime you let your learning style be the leader you are putting yourself in a situation to absorb more to be more at ease in what you're trying to do this is a conversation i have with my writers and when we come back from this last break i'm going to just read off a list of things that people tell me are just areas that stump them and i bet you i bet you i bet you 100 bucks that there's at least 3 of them on this list that identify with your learning style you're going to go oh that's me oh yep that's me too i bet you 100 bucks at least 3 if i don't you know if if there's only one or two on this list that you can identify with call in and i'll give you 100 bucks <laughs> oh boy the things i put myself into all right we got to take just a really quick break but stay tuned We'll be right back. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9:30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150, raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. Thank you for joining me for this very last live show of 2021. Oh, it's so exciting to get all geared up for a new year. Here we go into 2022. And as we do that, I wanted to talk today about learning styles. We talked a good bit about could you be someone who leads as a visual learner or might you be someone who leads as a kinesthetic or a movement sort of learner i've got two more i want to cover with you and then as promised eric said to me are you giving away $100 yes i am giving away $100 because in a few minutes i'm going to read you a list of the common traits and habits people tell me belong to them and they don't know what it is about them i'll just tell you one right now sometimes people say i can't sit still when i try to write i just can't sit still and so what i'm going to do is i'm going to go over this list that i wrote down some of the most common things people have said and if you don't identify with 3 of them if you can only find like one that in any way resonates with you or only two and you are the first person to call in i'm going to give you 100 bucks cuz i'm i am willing to bet 
that we have covered all the bases here, but you never know. There are some very unique brains out there. You never know. Okay, just quickly, I want to tell you about two other learning styles. One is auditory, which just means that you lead by being a very good person who takes down notes either by computer because you're you're listening auditory you're using your auditory skills you're listening and typing at the same time or you are someone who will read your notes out loud to your study partners just to help you hear them again and again you might be an auditory learner if you really like to work in groups or if you're someone who likes to discuss information after you've done something new like if you're the person that likes to go to a movie and then discuss it with a friend that's often an auditory learner if you're someone that enjoys tape recordings and you'll listen to them a few times as opposed to just once you might be an auditory learner if you're someone who enjoys singing and enjoys the idea that that you expand yourself just by using your own your own physical voice this i found really interesting when i studied up on more skills on auditory learning i found that often an auditory learner will create acronyms so they'll create a word like fate and it'll stand for you know for a four word idea they don't want to forget um i remember when i was in music school we had to learn the like every good boy does fine e g b d there there was these acronyms we had to put together almost riddles um that would help you remember the scales um i remember in uh 12 step meetings there was there was an acronym frog and it was sort of an inside joke but it stood for fully rely on god f r o g fully rely on god frog and what that meant was if you are worried about slipping in your anonymous program um fully rely on the idea that you can surrender right now as opposed to just giving in uh to that drink or temptation those acronyms they help a person remember in a time of need and that's how your brain works that's your brain leaning into auditory learning the final stage i'm going to talk to you about here is the the reading and writing learner and this person likes to handwrite their notes they also like to type them they just in general like notes they like to use colored pens highlighters they're the person that enjoys writing in margins they enjoy writing to others they 
enjoy the idea that words have meaning. They like to compose. They are people that can often follow short instructions. And it's a way of doing so. They will write them out to help them remember them. They like print out copies of things. They like to do word games that will help them be re uh, remembering of ideas. And they are people that really rely on repetition. Reading and writing styles are deep in repetition. So one thing I want you to remember here, as you go into the new year, you are either, because you always have been, leading with either a visual style, an auditory style, a movement kinesthetic style, or more of a reading and writing style. You are leading with it, whether you know it or not. And then you might have another and even another that you rely on in certain ways, but not as much as that style that you lead with. I want you to just take a minute to accept that whatever style you have, maybe it's not the one you would have chosen, but it is the one you have. And it really serves you to relate to it. It serves you to accept, you know, I was told my whole life that I couldn't sit still. But maybe what I need to embrace are some of these bullet points around the kinesthetic learner. For example, just a review that I like to dog ear the pages of my books because I like to easily get back to them. Maybe you as a kinesthetic learner, you like to read your notes out loud to yourself. Maybe you're someone that creates things with your hands that help you learn even more. Maybe you're very athletic. Maybe you prefer to write down ideas in illustrations more than you enjoy writing down the words. These are all things that a kinesthetic learner would do. And there's more. Now, the next thing I want to do with you is I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. I have 14 bullet points of things that over the years, when someone has come to my office or to a Zoom call and they really want help with their book or their brand or their speech, these are some of the things that people have said from all different learning styles. And I have heard them over and over and over again. Probably everything on this list in the last 20 years, I have heard at least 1,000 times. So I've got, if there was only one thing per person, that would be 14,000 people <laughs> that would need to be pulled to get this list together. But often what happens is that there are a handful of things that just line up with how we learn. 
And they happen to us again and again and again and again because it's how our brain learns. It's how our brain works. So just count now as I go through this list, how many of these things do you relate to? And I'm going to bet, I'm going to bet three, at least three, probably even four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, or 10. Okay. But I'm going to bet at least three. And if you find there's only one or two, why don't you call me? Got a hundred bucks on the table here. All right. These are the traits and the habits that you may have noticed when you are about to learn something new or write your book or work on your brand. Number one, you might notice I can't sit still. Yeah. Is that you? If so, give yourself a point. You just can't sit still. You get started for a minute or two, but you know, pretty soon you just, you kind of want to do something else. You don't want to sit and work on this anymore. Number two, Maybe one of your traits or habits is you think, well, I don't know how to organize my ideas. I'm really not sure how I can kind of organize, but not not like other people. Other people organize better and yeah, you know, I prefer to keep it a secret that I don't really know how to organize or people tell me I don't know how to organize and I think they're right. Is that you? If yourself, give, give yourself a point there. Number three, are you the person who says, well, I don't know where to start. I mean, I would write a book or I would get working on my brand or I would start this resume if I knew how to start. But I really I don't I don't really know how to start. I mean, where do you start? I guess you start at the beginning. But what is the beginning? I mean, your name and then what? I don't really know. Is that you? Is that you? Is it tricky to start? If so, give yourself a point. You might be the person, number four, who says, well, there's probably a right way to do this. I don't really know the right way. I mean, I could guess some way to do it. I don't. What's the right way? I mean, there's got to be a way that's like less time consuming. That's probably the right way. What is the right way to do this? Are you someone who questions the right way? If so, give yourself a point. Moving on to number five. Are you this person who says, I just, I can't remember what I read. You know, I have to read something several times. And even then, I don't always remember. I mean, how much of what you read do you need to remember? Do you find yourself feeling a little anxious that you can't remember what you read? Can't remember the movie you just saw? Can't remember what you were up to recently? Learning? You just feel like it doesn't stick? If so, give yourself a point. How about this one? Number six, you go to work on a project, you sit down, and all of a sudden you go, I'm hungry. I should give myself five points for this one because this is definitely mine and uh, many people I've worked with. You sit down, you're just about to get started and you're like, you know what? I'm hungry. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to have lunch. Then I'll come back and get to work on this. But right now, yeah, I'm hungry. If that's you, give yourself a point. 
How about this one? You can't quite gauge if your work is any good. You just don't know if it's high quality work. Is it? Should I go on? Am I doing well? I mean, is it okay? Is it is it following the assignment? If that's you, give yourself a point. How about this one? You love new ideas and dreams, but you have no idea how to carry them out. In fact, you're the person who kind of relies on staff and assistants and wives and other things to get stuff done. Is that you? You got great ideas, but now what? If so, give yourself a point. How about this one? Nobody really listens to me. Nobody really likes my ideas. I mean, I think I have ideas. I think they're okay ideas, but nobody really goes with my ideas. When I'm on a team, I, I'm not the one that, that they pick to lead. I'm If I put out an idea, it's not the winning idea. I don't know if anyone likes my ideas. Does that sound like you? How about this? You just don't feel understood. You explain and you explain and you explain, but you feel like you're talking to walls. What about this one? You like routine. You don't like surprises. You like things to be really, really routine. How about this one? Communicating your thoughts, it's just too hard. You can't find the words. You don't know what to say. How about this one? You need structure. How about this one? You hate structure. <laughs> okay, those are all of them. Take a look at those. Those might be areas you need to embrace as you go into the new year. If you didn't find any of those, I got $100 on the table for the first person who writes into me. But if you found those, put your arms around them and realize you have a learning style. Work with it. And if you need help with it, I am here to talk to you. Until next time, my friends, we will be meeting in 2022. I wish you a happy new year. Namaste. Thank you.